Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and today we are diving into another book club episode. We've done a few of these where I share my major takeaways from some of my favorite books or books I've read recently. We started with the book Always Hungry several months back, and I've done a couple since then. I am an avid reader, but most of what I read is not about health or fat loss or nutrition. However, I'm always finding what I think are really powerful parallels, ideas and strategies that when we apply them to what we eat or how we care for our bodies or how we think, we really accelerate our progress towards our goals. And I read a lot of books and most of them I don't feel like, oh my gosh, I have to share this. But when I do feel that way, I want to bring it to the podcast. And so I'm doing that today. Several years ago, I read a book called The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz, and I thought it was a great book, right? And there has recently come out The Fifth Agreement, also by Don Miguel Ruiz, Um, and so it kind of had me going back to the original The Four Agreements and looking over it. So The Four Agreements, which is the first book, is marketed as a practical guide to personal freedom, a practical guide to personal freedom. So not at all about health or fat loss specifically, but I think that most of us could appreciate some personal freedom in our journey to our healthiest selves. I know for me, I, for most of my life, was totally exhausted by my obsession with food, my obsession with weight loss and dieting and with fitness. I didn't want it to feel so hard. I didn't want it to take up so much of my mental energy. Even when I was at my heaviest, I was obsessed with weight loss, with strategy, with what's the best way to do it. Even when I wasn't doing the work, I didn't feel like I had any personal freedom related to food, related to my body. So the four agreements really helped me with some of that emotional stuff that I was carrying around. And and when I wasn't dealing with it, that was part of why I was turning to food over and over and over again. So the first time I read through the four agreements, it really helped me with that personal freedom with really establishing some freedom from food obsession and that all-consuming focus on what am I going to eat? What am I not going to eat? Did I do good today? Did I do crappy today? Am I strong? Am I not? Am I, you know, whatever. All of that was totally exhausting. And 
For those of you who are familiar with my Breaking Barriers course, you'll know what I mean when I say that the four agreements really helped me release my parking brake, right? Release and overcome those things that were holding me back, that were slowing me down, that were making fat loss more difficult, but had nothing to do with food. Because I was always so focused on the food side of things, I wasn't realizing that the non-food things were really my parking brake. So when I realized that there was this, this second book, The Fifth Agreement, I thought that I would uh, download it on Audible and listen to it on a recent road trip. But before I took off, I pulled the four agreements off my shelf and I thought, number one, uh, I need to get back to these four agreements. I've kind of drifted pretty far away from some of them. And then number two, I really want to share these four agreements with you guys because I think they're so powerful and, and maybe I'll want to share the fifth one too if I feel the same way about the fifth agreement as I did about the first four, and I do. Um, and I also want to share with you guys what it means for me in my life, just to give you some insight into what I mean when I say I need to get back to these four agreements. How do I plan to practice and implement these to help me with my goals, to help me enjoy life more? And of course, I'll link up both books, The Four Agreements and The Fifth Agreement, over on the show notes at primalpotential.com. So the first thing that I want to do is go through each of the first four agreements, share some of the author's thoughts, and then also share what I think it means to me as it relates to my physical goals, to fat loss, to health, to food choices, building a life you love instead of one that you feel like you need to escape from all the time. So the first of the four agreements is the one that I think of all five. Well, I guess there's five agreements now, but the first of the four agreements from the original book that I think is the most powerful of all five of the agreements is be impeccable with your word. Be impeccable with your word. You guys know I talk all the time about the power of our words, the power of our thoughts, but what does that really mean, be impeccable with your word? If you will indulge the linguist in me, which you kind of have to because I'm here and you're not. So when we look at the word impeccable, right, it means in accordance with the highest standards. So you want to speak in a way that is in accordance with the highest standards, and you get to set those standards. But just based on that definition, no matter how you see it, I will be the first one to say that my words have not been impeccable lately. They sure as heck are better than they used to be, but I have some room for improvement there, and I'm going to share with you some of the strategies that I plan on implementing to help me with that. But first, let's look more kind of at what this means and why it's so important, especially why it's so important when it comes to fat loss, when it comes to food freedom, when it comes to getting healthy. Your intent, what you desire, what you are moving towards, your intentions manifest through your words. And I would argue that the reverse is also true. Your word manifests your intent. One of the ways you hear me talk about this over and over again is when I say, and, and mostly this is in response to emails that I get, when you argue for your limitations, you get to keep them because our words are both descriptive and prescriptive. When we use our words, not only are we describing our life or our choices or our body, we're also prescribing what happens next. Our words are powerful. They are instructions. And so 
as as it says in the book, your words are really a sword with two edges. You can create the most beautiful dream or you can destroy everything around you and everyone, including yourself, depending on the words you use and really the thoughts you think. So the spoken word and also the words that you think. They are instructions. They are absolutely instructions. And so in the book, The Four Agreements, Ruiz, the author, says that being impeccable with your words basically means not speaking against yourself, not speaking against yourself and really not speaking against others either, but especially not speaking against yourself. But how often do we do this? How often are we speaking against ourselves, thinking against ourselves, acting against ourselves, against our potential, against the desires of our hearts? How often do we say that we're lazy? We aren't motivated. We're out of control. We're emotional eaters. We're binge eaters. We can't do it. It's too hard. Guys, our words have the power to either propel us forward or hold us back. They can push us towards our goals or they can keep us from ever getting there. And I am not saying that this is an easy adjustment to make, right? If you're like me, I I mean, I had been speaking against myself for most of my life since I was a little kid. It's not an easy thing to change, but the return is so significant. It is an absolute game changer. I want to give you a little example here. I want to tell you, I mentioned that I was going to take this road trip and listen to the book, and I want to to tell you about the day, all right? I'm just going to tell you about the day. I didn't sleep well the night before the road trip, and I knew I was stressing out about the fact that being in the car for what I thought was going to be five hours was going to cut into what I consider really precious work hours. So I had to really hustle to get stuff done in the morning. And I didn't feel like I had enough time to go to the gym because I needed to get through the work and I wanted to get on the road. So I was not feeling good about the fact that I was going to have to sit on my butt all day long after not having gotten a workout. And I thought the drive was only going to be five hours. It ended up being just over seven hours. I really don't like to drive. The traffic was atrocious. I hadn't slept well the night before, so I was feeling really tired. I got to my hotel and there was a problem with my reservation, which after being in the car for seven hours and sitting in traffic, I was not happy about. And the room, which I had prepaid for, ended up getting charged to my card two more times for a total of three full charges of the of the weekend. The hotel denied making the charges, so then within minutes of getting out of my car after being in the car forever, I had to wait on hold with both Visa and American Express to deal with the fact that there were all of these charges that weren't there. The internet in the room was awful. I wanted to just relax, but my cousin called, who I had gone down to support, and he wanted to go out to eat, but he wanted me to drive to his house, which was 30 minutes away, and I'd just gotten out of the car, and they wanted to go out for Thai food, which is fine. I love Thai food, but it's like rice and noodle heaven. I could go on and on and on, but here's what I want to show you, okay? That is an example of not being even remotely impeccable with my word. That is creating, through my word, more dramatic circumstances than reality, right? So I want to kind of give you the other side of it. And what being impeccable with my word, with my thoughts, with my actions and my attitude really looks like. I woke up that same day and decided that I was going to make the morning an ideal morning because it was going to be the segment of the day over which I had the most control. And I wanted to really feel productive and proud 
early on so that I could go into my road trip feeling like I really crushed the morning. So I got right up and I got coffee. And you know what? I actually... (laughs) I enjoy my coffee more on mornings where I'm not well rested because I appreciate it more. I'm, I'm really, truly more grateful for the coffee when I'm tired than when I'm not tired. So I dove right into my work, really focusing on I want to feel proud and productive. So I have to create that. So I resisted distractions because I knew it was going to feel so good to get in the car with those most important things done. And I knew that I didn't really have the time to go to the gym and do a full workout. So I walked across the street to a hill, and I ran eight uphill sprints. It took me a total of 11 minutes, including my warm-up, sprinting up the the hill, and then very slowly walking back while I catch my breath doing that eight times. 11 minutes, well spent. I felt really proud of myself afterwards. And then when I got back to my house, which is just across the street, I did another super short workout. I didn't time it, but it was maybe around five minutes or so with the dumbbells in my house, 10 front squats, 10 burpees, and then 8 and 8, 6 and 6, 4 and 4, 2 and 2, boom, done. Got in the car and turned on my book. And I was so grateful for an extended several hours of an opportunity to learn. Because typically when I listen to audio books, I'm I'm in and out of places. I'm turning it on and off. My phone's ringing. Like it was just one of those rare opportunities to really just be fully present for an extended period of time with something that I really wanted to listen to and learn about. And when I started to feel tension in the traffic, I thought about how grateful I am for navigation technology. And I sort of thought back to the days when I'd have like a printout of directions or I'd have my dad's handwritten directions and I'd be trying to read them and drive at the same time. And I really redirected to, I'm so grateful for this technology that talks to me so I don't have to be trying to read and navigate at the same time. And I started to remind myself that I'm really glad it's a beautiful day and it's not raining or I'm not driving through this traffic in the dark and how lucky I am to be in a big, safe car and and how lucky I am for the opportunity to get away for a few days to celebrate somebody that I really love and care about. How special I feel that they wanted me to be there for this, right? When I felt that tension rising during hotel check-in, because like I'm not the Zen example of the world, I was definitely feeling frustrated. I reminded myself, you know what, Elizabeth? This is not going to matter tomorrow or a week from now. Like, it's not fun now, but in the scheme of things, like, this is so not important. And I flash back to a few years ago where if somebody had accidentally put an unexpected weekend hotel stay on my debit card, they'd have overdrawn it. And I would have had overdraft charges and how, how proud I am of how far I've come and how hard I've worked to not have it be the end of the world that, you know, there are three weekends of hotel rooms on my card accidentally. And then when I felt tension rising about having to get back in the car and drive again, I reminded myself, Elizabeth, that's why you're here. And these are the moments that matter. You're not going to remember the number of times you stayed alone in your hotel room because you had work to do and you were tired, but you will remember driving to see their place and taking them to dinner and laughing with them. And when I felt resistance about the Thai restaurant and like, oh God, isn't there someplace else we can go where I can get like a great steak and a salad? I thought, Elizabeth, be happy. If you're going to be happier eating rice tonight, eat rice. If you're not happier eating rice, then find something else. And it turns out that the salmon I ordered had some of the best curry I've ever had. And I left feeling like it was an amazing meal. And I was proud of myself. And I felt totally in control. Same day, guys. Same day. Totally different experience based on 
being really impeccable with my spoken words and the words that I think. Totally different experience. And here's how this relates for me so significantly to taking care of my body. With the first perspective, I would have been far more likely to stop at the rest stop in a crappy mood, get candy and soda to keep me awake because I had to, because I'm so tired, because this ride sucks right? I would have been way more likely to skip my workout because I don't have time and there's too much to do. I would have been way more likely to eat the egg rolls that they ordered as an appetizer because whatever, I'm at this Thai restaurant, like everything's rice and noodles, right? I would have been way more likely to have the huge bowl of rice, to have an alcoholic drink, to say yes when my cousin brought up having frozen yogurt after dinner, and then to go back to my hotel and be in a crappy mood and feeling disappointed myself and totally exhausted from the day and get a gross pint of freezer burn ice cream from the little hotel shop. Instead, it was a beautiful day and I was productive, and I got in a great workout, and I arrived safely, and I had quality time with my family, and I made food choices that made me feel really great when I went to bed last night. So that's what happens when you are impeccable with your words, and it's not just the words that you speak, it's also your thoughts, the words that you think. I saw another gorgeous example of this the other day on Instagram, a post from Jen Sinkler, who is most famous for her program, Lift Weights Faster. I'll link her up in the show notes along with this picture. But what she posted was what she calls a before picture. And you guys have mostly seen my before picture. They're, they're pretty frightening. Uh, when I was uh, closer, over 350 pounds, who knows, I wouldn't get on the scale when I was that heavy. Um, but they're rough. They're rough pictures. And, and she is fit and beautiful and wonderful, but she's not as fit as she wants to be. And she wants to lean out a little bit. And so she posted her before picture in a bikini, right? And most of us huff and puff at, at a minimum about before pictures. Most of us refuse to take them because, oh my God, I'm so gross. It's embarrassing. I'm disgusting. Or we look at them and we would never share them with the world because they're so awful and so gross. But she, being impeccable with her words, took a very different approach. And basically she said, I wanted to have a visual reference point for when she gets to the end of this program she's doing, but she said, I wasn't into taking those sad, slouchy befores. She did a photo shoot. And you don't have to do a photo shoot, right? But it's her perspective here that I want to share. She said, I'm not into taking those sad, slouchy befores. What am I into? Celebrating before, celebrating after. Loving before, loving after after. Being happy before being happy after. P.S. You can love, be happy, and celebrate even while you're working towards change. That is being impeccable with your words. Do not speak against yourself and do not speak against anyone else either. One of my clients was recently talking about her mom and an upcoming family trip that she was stressed out about. And she said something along the lines of, yeah, there's not much worse than spending two full days with my hyper-competitive and constantly critical mom. Well, if that's the expectation you bring into it, if you think there's nothing worse, then you've just set the stage and you've done damage to that interaction, to that trip before you even arrive. Be impeccable with your words. I'm lucky to have my mom and... 
I'm grateful for every opportunity to create positive memories with my mom because we need them. And I can control my part. And I'm going into this interaction looking to create positive memories. And I'm going to do my part by being patient and peaceful and loving. Right? One way you go into the weekend before it's even started looking for ways to escape, which for many of us is food, alcohol, rudeness, defensiveness. The other one you go into with joy and with peace and with an open heart. One of the things in the, uh, in the book, The Four Agreements, that really resonated with me, he says, when your word has all the power of your faith, you are unstoppable. So when you believe fully and then you manifest that with what you say, you are unstoppable. It doesn't happen overnight. It does take work, but the work is worth it. The second of the four agreements is don't take anything personally. Don't take anything personally. And that is easier said than done. Way easier said than done. And another one that as I reviewed it, I thought, dang, I have some work to do here. I have been taking way too many things personally. And it takes away from my life. And like I said, before we wrap up, I'll tell you how I plan to do this. But here's the reality. When we take things personally, when we decide that someone did or said something that is a direct offense to us, they wronged us, well, we're not happy when that happens. And that, taking things personally, is the path to anger, sadness, rejection, and then some. And we all know that not only do we not want to feel that way, if there's another way and there is another way, But we hardly take impeccable care of ourselves. We hardly make the best choices when we're pissed off or angry or sad. Here's another powerful truth from the book. (laughs) Nothing others do is because of you. Nothing others do is because of you. What they say and do is a projection of their own reality. And I know you might feel otherwise. You might want to argue that this is wrong. And it's okay if you aren't there yet. Focus on being impeccable with your words. Start there. But it's really true. People do what they do and they say what they say because of how they are reacting emotionally to a situation. It's not about you. It's about them. Ruiz, the author, says, we eat up other people's emotional garbage and it becomes our own. We eat up other people's emotional garbage and it becomes our own. And then he says, but you may say, Miguel, but what you say is hurting me. But it is not what I am saying that is hurting you. It's the wounds you have that I touch by what I have said. So for the people who are like, no, 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 no. What she said really did hurt me. What he did really did hurt me. It's not what they said. It's not what they did. It's the wounds you have that they touched when they did that. So that's yours. It's not about them. It's about you, right? There's there's the truth. There's what actually happens. And then there's how we interpret it. And when we take things personally, it is our biased and selfish, really, interpretation of the truth. Our interpretation of what happens depends on Our emotional reaction to what happens. If we have a negative emotional reaction, then, you know, we're taking something personally. But we don't have to do that. We, with our interpretation, with our emotional reactions, we either create heaven or we create hell. 
right? But I understand and have thought myself, well, how the heck do I stop taking things personally? Because that's just my default. That's just what I do. And I think that the third agreement really helps in terms of the how do I stop taking things so personally. And the third agreement is don't make assumptions. The problem with making assumptions is that we believe them and we think that they're facts and we think that they're true, right? Someone says something or does something and we assume that they meant it however we perceived it. But that's not real. There's what actually happened and then there's like all that we interpreted it to mean and how we interpreted it to mean isn't real. It's not true. It's just our assessment of the situation. So we make an assumption and we take things personally and we create all of this drama based on our imagination. Somebody fails to do something and without talking about it, without asking, we assume it's because they didn't care. We make it about us. We assume that it's about us, right? And this assumption stuff is not just about our interactions with others. It's about how we think about our own lives, our own choices, our own paths. We assume that our behavior change is going to be hard before we've even started. We assume that we can't be consistent, but we've never done it before. We assume that we're going to binge before we do or that we're going to have a bad day before it starts or that we're not going to get results no matter how hard we try or that we'll be, you know, unable to achieve our goals. Deal with what is right now. When we assume things, we're dreaming, we're imagining, we're creating something beyond what is. What's going on right now? Like in reality, what can you do right now? Don't assume that it's going to be so hard when you go to this party this weekend and you're just assuming you're going to struggle and there's going to be so much temptation. That's not real. That's in your head. You're creating that. That's dreaming. What's going on right now? What is your next best choice? What can you do? And that's actually a perfect segue into the fourth agreement, which is always do your best. Always do your best. And this is not about perfection. This is not about always striving for perfection because your best is going to change from moment to moment, from day to day. One day your best might be Saying no after the first two cookies, like I'm done, right? Two is not going to turn into 22. And on another day, your best is avoiding the cookies altogether, right? Doing your best is not about stressing over yesterday. It's not about thinking about other people. Doing your best is not stressing over what you'll do tomorrow or next week or next year. It's about being aware of this moment and understanding what you can do in this moment and not putting it off until later because you have the opportunity right now to do your best. Which brings us to the new book, The Fifth Agreement, much of which is a review of the first four agreements, which I found totally valuable. But the fifth agreement to me, as I see it, is kind of a way to practice, to live out the first four. The fifth agreement is be skeptical, but learn to listen. Be skeptical, but learn to listen. Just because you've been saying it and believing it doesn't make it true. So when you have these thoughts, especially when you have thoughts that are critical or negative or that make you unhappy or that are related to something that makes you feel something that you don't want to feel, is this true, right? Whatever I'm doing or thinking or saying, is this true or is it just my pattern? Is this helping me? Is this serving me? Is this moving me towards my goals? Is it making me happy? This, this fifth agreement, be skeptical but learn to listen, 
What it means to me is essentially, don't believe everything you think, right? Everything that you think you believe, question it. Your thoughts are not facts. They might be patterns. They might be very familiar. They might be lies you've been telling yourself that you've started to believe, but they're not facts. And you are not your thoughts. You are the thinker. He asks the question in the book, are you obeying the tyrant that lives in your head? And many people are. Oh, I wanted something sweet, so this, this is what I had. Or I can't help myself. Or, you know, I didn't want to feel deprived. All that thinking, 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 that's the tyrant that lives in your head. But that's not you. That's your thoughts. You are not your thoughts. You are the thinker. One of the little exercises that he goes through in the book is he says, wiggle your fingers. Right now, wiggle your fingers. You are not your fingers, nor are you your fingernails. You are the force moving your fingers. That's really powerful if you think about it. You are not your choices. You are the force behind those choices. You are the force who decides. You are not your fingers. You are not your thighs. You are the force. You are not your thoughts. You are not your choices. You are the force making the choices. You are the thinker, not the thoughts, which means, guys, you are powerful beyond measure, way more powerful than you've been giving yourself credit for. As I listened to this, I was, I was voice recording some notes to myself. And one of the ones I said is, I have faith in myself fueled by action and love for myself. I have faith in myself and that faith in myself is fueled by action and it's fueled by love for myself. So how do I plan to put these things into action? Well, one of the ways, starting with be impeccable with my words, because I, I do, I have a tendency to not be so much so, to talk critically about myself or to get caught up in work stress. I had a conversation with the person that I speak to most often because they're the ones that hear me talk the most often. And I said, will you help me with this? I really want to be more impeccable with my words. And what that means is I don't want to speak against myself. I don't want to speak against my work. I don't want to speak against my circumstances. and I don't want to speak against other people. So can you just point out when I'm doing this? And I'm sure that will make me uncomfortable and defensive at times, but it's also a great way to get better, and I want to get better because I want to take better care of myself, and I want to be happier and healthier, and I want to move towards my goals more quickly. So yeah, I'll ask for help, and when I catch myself, I'll redirect just like I did checking into the hotel, just like I did when I started to get tense about traffic, right? Related to taking nothing personally, I really need to do a lot of work here, and it's, and it's, a great opportunity for me. I almost said it's tough for me, but it's but it's not. It's a great opportunity for me because in the position that I'm in, doing what I do, there are a lot of critics. There are a lot of people who don't like what I do, who don't like what I say. And it's very natural or um, very practiced for me to take that personally because it's what I do. But I am not what I do. And I am not what I say. And I am not my work, right? 
So at the end of the day, I'm going to take a few minutes and write down the things that I took personally each day. Maybe it's something that somebody said to me. Maybe it's an email that I got. Maybe it's a phone call or maybe it's somebody who said they were going to do something and they didn't and I made it all about me. And I'm going to write those things down and then I'm going to rewrite the story. Right. Like if if somebody was supposed to get me something and they didn't and I make it because they don't care and they don't respect me or my time. No, they probably just got caught up in other things and and I'll deal with it tomorrow. And it really has nothing to do with me. So I'm going to really pay attention to when and where I take things personally. And then I'm going to rewrite those stories. Making no assumptions. Oh, boy. I mean, just being honest, I, I make a lot of assumptions. I really do. Even this morning, my my cousin offered to pick me up, and I assumed that that was going to be an inconvenience, that he probably doesn't want to. No, that's absolutely making an assumption. He offered, that's all. There's not more to it than that, right? Sometimes if I work out in a new place, I'll go into it assuming that like people are watching me and paying attention, and are, are they think judging how fast or how slow I go, how heavy I lift or how light I lift. Those are assumptions. So... One way that I'll practice today is, is after I record this, when I go into the hotel gym, I'm just there to work out. That's it. Like, unless somebody directly says something to me about how fast or slow I am or how heavy or light I'm lifting, then otherwise, nobody's thinking anything. Like, I'm not going to assume they are because that doesn't serve me in any way. As far as always doing my best, I will tell you what I did. I made that the lock screen of my phone. What is my best? That's what I did. And I'm going to get that one up on uh, the phone backgrounds that I made for you guys as well. So I think it's really important not to try and do all of these necessarily, but really focus on where can you start? What can you do? Can you start with just being impeccable with your word? Practice. When you notice yourself complaining about other people, putting yourself down, thinking about how something is hard, redirect it and it will change your entire experience of the event. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I will link up to the four agreements and the fifth agreement over on the show notes at primalpotential.com. What I ate yesterday, yesterday was the road trip day. I took two hard-boiled eggs in a sandwich bag with me and ate those on the road along with some salami. I did stop at a rest stop about five or so hours into the trip and got some almonds. And then out to dinner, as I told you guys, I got that salmon um, with a coconut curry that was very spicy over veggies, hold the rice. It was amazing. So that's what I ate yesterday. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, let me know if you check out those books, if you like them or not, and I will chat with you soon. Have a wonderful day. Are you ready to move beyond listening and learning and really change your life? Really live into your highest potential instead of just wishing for it and hoping something clicks? I want to do that with you. And that's why this fall, I'm hosting the first ever Primal Potential Women's Transformation Weekend, Ascend, in downtown Nashville, Tennessee, November 3rd through the 5th. It will be a small group, but you can get your ticket and learn all the details at primalpotential.com forward slash ascend or by listening to episode 203 of the Primal Potential podcast. Here's what I know. Ascend will change your life, and I would love to have you join me. See you this fall.
If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.